things. They're small enough to fit in your pocket, but big enough to change your life. Whether we know it or not, we're walking around with other people's personalities, other people's genes, and there's a lot of benefit to that when you go back and find out that that person was kicking it. When you have a young person there, strong enough, quick enough to cut the path in the woods, right? But it's the old man that knows the way. And I recorded them all day long talking about some of everything. And Cousin Charlie could talk. So what it what it all means is that it all comes together under one umbrella. Whatever it takes to tell the story. Welcome to Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast. We have another exciting guest on the podcast. Oh, today is so amazing. I'm so happy to have Ursula K. Odom on the podcast. Ursula and I met through a mutual friend. She's an angel on earth. Her name is Lena Young. But Ursula has agreed to be on the podcast. Ursula is the CEO of Sula2 LLC. Is, is she's on a mission to preserve cultural history in any form possible. As such, she is a publisher, legacy wall designer, legacy writer, and living history performer. She is also founder of Ursula History Shop and the nonprofit Rescuing History Inc. Collective, collectively. All of her skills lead to preparing your story, rather average and ordinary or extraordinary to take its rightful place in our cultural history. Ursula has also created a number of books. Uh, At Sula's Feet, the Doris Ross Reddick story, Miss Lizzie's story. She has a plethora of books and a whole bunch of experience. Ursula combines research, life, and professional experiences of rural living, college life, Fortune 500 corporate management, spirituality, family, entrepreneurship, sales, genealogy, and publishing to deliver relative multi-generational and multicultural products and services. Wow, Miss <laughs> Ursula, that's amazing. I have a question. It's, it's, it might be generic, but when do you sleep? I know. All of I, know. <laughs> I was wondering, man. So tell me, what is the catalyst for this amazing life and experiences that you've shared? Uh, what, 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 who is Ursula? Let's start there. Okay. How did it begin? So I discovered this about 10, 15 years ago, that all of these little things that I've ever done in my life seem to have had um, one goal in mind, and that is for me to be who I am today. And it started with my being a little girl crawling under my grandmother's iron bed and pulling out a half a Tampa cigar box. And that box was filled with old letters and um, stamps that I started collecting old photographs and a lock of her sister's hair. And from that point until now, I have been fascinated with, with just those things. Old photographs, what's the story behind that photograph? Uh, you know, and what's in this letter? Who wrote this letter? Why did they write it? You know, I've, I've just been curious about those things. I like paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. So you like paper. So from the, the box, and, and do you still have this box in here and photographs and everything? Well, not intact, but I tell you what I did with them. I took all of those photographs and 
ultimately became the family historian because I then copied them and shared them in various forms throughout the year. And as it turns out, had I not gotten those photographs, they would have been gone because the house burned down at one point in time. Oh. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that's a traumatic thing because the one photograph I did not get was the one of my dear uncle hanging on the wall. It was his military uh, photograph of painting. And I still have it in my mind's eye, but I can't do anything with that, yeah. you know? Oh, yes, ma'am. Well, well, tell me also, so you have your your books, you have your genealogy. And, and before we started, you mentioned you do podcasts as well. Can you tell us about some of your podcasts and what you've done say around the topic of smiley or uh, the title of smiley well i have to go back and verify it because having seen your name i made the connection and i need to go back and actually look at it but i just loaded up uh, a a um, audio um to my youtube channel which is Ursula's archives and what I'm doing is going back to some of the shows and show, some of the interviews that I've done over the last 10 years or so for various reasons. I've interviewed people because of articles I've written or a show that I've been on and this one just happened to pop up and I started listening to it and I was totally mesmerized. It, it was someone talking about an eyewitness account of the march in Birmingham and, and Pettus Bridge and, and growing, growing up in that area. And as he ended the, the, the conversation with me, he started naming people that he was related to and that were, and throughout who was involved with it. And I know the name Smiley was in there. If it's not his name, you know, family name or someone he mentioned. And so when we were talking, I went, oh, I recognize that name. <laughs> now I have to go back and verify exactly how, what the connection is. Yeah, it's a small world, right? It's a small world. Yeah. So yeah. Ursula, to me, you're, you're clearly a historian of sorts, right? Going back to when you mentioned pulling out that box from underneath your mother's iron bed. Talk to me why, about why it's important to preserve cultural history? Why does it matter in terms of preserving cultural history? Why does it matter today? Because so much of who we are is wrapped up in who we know to be a part, that we are a part of, whether we know it or not. We're walking around with other people's personalities, other people's genes, and there's a lot of benefit to that when you go back and find out that that person was kicking it, you know? So, to be able to latch onto that and in good times it helps and in bad times it helps like for instance my grandmother used to tell me that i was a blessed child so what i personally say is if something is going wrong i'm a blessed child and this too shall pass mm. and if things are going well i'm a blessed child and this is the way it's supposed to be yeah you know? yeah so and it's because of that connection with my grandmother and what she told me. Isn't that something, the impact that those words from our loved ones have on our lives throughout our entire lives? I have an uncle yes. that I look up to. And I, I can recall vividly looking back at how successful he was and the type of man he was or is um, and just everything that he is 
And I remember going forward a bit as a young adult and having trying times. And in those moments, I would think, what would he do? Right. To get me through. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of the importance of that, the, the hit cultural history having helping us, you know, get through. You mentioned you have a YouTube channel. So yes. tell me more about that. So what type of people do you interview? And more importantly, what made you decide to start a YouTube channel? Well, you know, it's what everybody's supposed to do. Okay. <laughs> So I've done enough to know that I can do it. Have I um, maximized it? No. According to my daughter who just hit 10,000 subscribers, I'm not doing anything. So (laughs) I I started um, putting things out there to, to celebrate people. And one that I love is Wisdom and Young Legends. And what that's about is that you put a young person together with an older person and you have a dynamic duo because someone said once that when you have a young person there, strong enough, quick enough to cut the path in the woods, right? But it's the old man that knows the way. Mm. So otherwise the person might be going around in circles until they figure this thing out. Mm. And so that was one thing. And then uh, people that I, I'm a publisher. So those people that, I publish their books. That's one avenue for them to to share what they do or what they wrote about. And now what I'm doing is practicing what I preach. One of the things I say is that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible, and we rescue those stories that are at risk of never being told or being lost. And I realized I had, you know, countless audios um, of interviews that I've done. And, and and okay, so something happens to this computer, somebody throws the, the thumb drive away, and I have just done what I'm saying I want others not to do. And that's to allow something to just disappear because you haven't shared it with anyone. So I'm systematically going back and, and listening to them and finding out it's more of a benefit for me because I some of that stuff I forgot. And it's amazing the people I sat before and 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 just put a mic there as they talk. Yeah. You know, and once it was done, I went on about my business. But going back to it, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting as as you say that capturing, presenting or preserving, presenting cultural history. Before my kids were born, I had my each of my parents and my in-laws record a message to them, to the kids. And I I have to admit, I have to find those. I still have them, but I have to find them because looking back, you know, once my kids are adults or any stage in their lives, I think they'll really appreciate seeing and hearing their grandparents, um, two of which have passed, unfortunately. As As it relates to capturing preserving and presenting what's the secret to successfully doing all three what have you found the secret being to doing that successfully okay so too much information but (laughs) what came into my head was an old network marketing comment from its founder 
Just do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> seriously, I would go when my daughter was a baby, just learning how to talk and walk around. I um, went to visit my grandmother's oldest nephew. He was 80 years old at the time. And um, my my husband was out front with him. And, and I went back with Cousin Rosa to learn how she made potato salad. So I was not out there. Reason that's important is because I carried a cassette tape and put it underneath them. Told them it was there, but they forgot about it. And I recorded them all day long talking about some of everything. Wow. And Cousin Charlie could talk. (laughs) And now years later, who would listen to, you know, hours and hours of audio? Nobody. So I sat down and I literally chopped it up into two to three minute segments based on what he was talking Mm. about. And I was able to, at one of the reunions, share with my first cousins a story about their dad when he was only six or seven years old because mm. cousin Charlie told it. Mm. And what was wow. funny is the personality was the same. He was like, what he was as a kid is what he was as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. I like their, your, your energy and your passion, but as a publisher and, and let's talk about some of the books you created and the books you published. Um, what is something that you've learned that you just didn't know that was utterly surprising about our culture or history or, for example, I, I remember watching um, Chris Rock. He just had this little special and, and I didn't understand this, but then he said it. He said that during, during the 40s and 50s, African-Americans couldn't go to dentists. So we had to go to veterinarians to get our teeth work done. Yeah. And he said that about his mother. And, and, you know, it just hit me. And then, of course, I Googled it. I was like, what? I didn't even know that until Chris Rock said it. There's so many little tidbits of things that happen to our culture, our people, that every time someone says something and adds to it, I'm like, wow. So did you hear anything that is like, man, I did not know that occurred or I wasn't aware of that through your publishing, through your writings, through your your listenings? Well, Two things. Um, One, in listening to just last night, um, the person said, I choose to forget, or I chose to forget, because there were so many things that some of these people witnessed that they just couldn't survive if they remembered it on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, and, And to that point, Um, I heard someone say something that I know history says it happened, but until someone put the words together, they said that a slave and a slave master had children for four different sisters. Now, you know, that happened, but to hear the words, you know what that does to a family tree? And I and, and as much as I've heard about slavery, I never really thought that one through to that point, even though you know it mm. happened. The the one I heard yesterday, which was uh about the Jim Crow during that period, during the depression, if 
if the white families had nothing to eat and you're a black family and you're you had food because you had food from your land, a white person could just come in your house and take your food during the depression because they were hungry and you had to give them your food because they messed up their money in the market or whatever. They didn't have any, so they could just come and treat you like a whole food to just start eating it from your food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never thought about that during the depression area, all that crazy madness that was occurring in the South or all over the country. So, wow. So thank you for sharing that one. I, you know, when you, when you put it in words, you just know that all those horrendous atrocities, atrocities occurred. Mm-hmm. So, here you go. Let's go back to the publishing part a little bit. From a publisher, let's say you come across someone and they say, well, I'm a self-publisher. I publish on Amazon. What would be the two, three reasons why you would say, you know what, you have that for maybe the rookie writers or really you need to come to someone like me because this is what we can do for you. Is there? So it really boils down to, and I, I basically came to this recently, is how much do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And How much do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, if you're in a position to do that, then do it. What mm-hmm. I'm more interested in is getting that story out that may not ever get out. Because the person is always talking about, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book, and never get it done. So when they get to me, we get it done. I love it. We get it done. Yeah. Just do it and we get it done. Mm-hmm. So, so Ursula, you, you, you have a... A, a number of irons in the fire as an author, a performer, <laughs> YouTuber, etc. Let's talk about being a performer as a history performer, a living history performer. What is that exactly? And, and how did you get into that? Well, someone heard me read from my first book, which is At Sula's Feet, The Life Lessons Learned at My Grandmother's Feet. And they suggested that I portray Mary McLeod Bethune. And at the time I went, well, I don't know anything about her except, you know, Bethune-Cookman College and, and FAMU have the Battle of the Bands. And they wanted me to apply with the Florida Humanities Council. So I studied it, went there, heard more about her, I mean, about what the program was and had read more about her. Then I was almost in a position where I was begging them because it was like, oh, my God, this woman is amazing. So for years now, I have portrayed her in a one-person show, first person, as if I am bringing her back to life. And I had the honor, I mean, three different things that are really kind of cool. Uh, Senator Nelson came to one of the performances. Well, no, he, we were at the same conference. Mm-hmm. And one of his um, responsibilities was to say something just before I performed. Well, lo and behold, he presented me with the congressional record that he had signed where her statue was scheduled to be put in Statuary Hall. Wow. Fast forward, I was invited by the um, Capitol Historical Society to portray her in front of the existing statue that was there. And then I was able to go back and be in the midst of things as they installed her statue in Statuary Hall. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. 
So in terms of a, a legacy wall, a legacy wall designer. So tell me, so, so I'm learning a lot here. So tell me about what a <laughs> legacy wall designer is. I have, I can kind of imagine based on legacy and a wall and a designer. But With that analytical. Exactly, design. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you got it right. Okay. Um, there's, when you go into a building, there's a lot of real estate that is wasted. Mm. Blank walls or walls with a picture that's meaningless or a symbol of a bird or something. It may be an eagle, but that's cool. But, you know, it could be something that could educate as you decorate. Mm. So I will take an entire wall and tell the story of a person, of a business, of a school, whatever the message is, a timeline of the history of a company, which is what I'm working on for somebody right now. Um, the legacy of the individual who founded the organization, mm. whatever the message you want to share, that's what I will research, design, and then have installed. Wow. Wow. So in terms of the, the single person performance uh, that, that you do and these walls that you create, are those on your YouTube, YouTube channel? Where could someone go to kind of see examples of this? Sula2.com, my website, you can click on the various aspects of what I've been talking about. And yes, you might go down a rabbit hole, but go down the one you want to go. If you want the the legacy wall, go down that one. If you want to talk about publishing, go down that one. Okay. Um, And I have a a history shop as well. So what what it all means is that it all comes together under one umbrella, mm. whatever it takes to tell the story. Okay. And I had to come to that conclusion myself because I felt like I was all over the place too. But it, it, it really is all the same thing. Mm. You want your story told, mm-hmm. how do you want it told? You want it on a wall? You want it in a book? You want it in a, a video? You want it in a podcast? What's comfortable to you? I love it. And the last question before I kick it back to Smiley, and oh, and actually before I before I ask this question, for those listening, Sula Two is Sula S U L A, and then T O O dot com Sula Two. So you mentioned being a publisher, and you mentioned that if you want your book done, come to you, you'll get it done. So me and Smiley have twelve books in our heads. Smiley's already put, published <laughs> his already, but I haven't done any. Talk to me about what you and I would work on together to ensure that my book gets done. Okay, so this speaks to a challenge that someone gave me and then something that has just come up. I have a little tiny book called Create Your Book in a Weekend, right? Ah. And and it's a part of a series of books that I call tiny books. They're small enough to fit in your pocket, but big enough to change your life. And what this says is that a lot of people are like you. You have all this wisdom sitting in a file cabinet or in a file on your computer, halfway written. All you have to do is decide to go collect all of that information, organize it, and let's talk about it. You don't always have to start from the beginning. Not people like you. Mm -hmm. I took a book like... I mean, I took a podcast like what you're doing right now. Okay. And I turned that into a book for a young lady. Mm. And uh, it was it was life changing for her. 
because she was carrying around a, a secret burden that she released mm. and and then she helped others by doing so i love your i love your little little sayings create your book in the weekend educate as you decorate so when you if you had to rank your talents is it the organization perspective the performing perspective the writing perspective if i had to say ursula is these represents these three pieces one two three how do you self-identify do you self-identify as an author as a writer as a performer as a historian how would you answer that i self-identify as the little girl that sat at my grandmother's feet and loved the stories that she told that awesome. has not changed it all starts with me saying where are you from what did you do <laughs> <laughs> the inquisitive mind <laughs> and 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 loving the differences in people because even with one of the books that that i wrote for someone as a ghostwriter, i realized in writing that this was his story and it was vastly different from from the person that was polar opposite to his opinion but he had the right to tell his opinion and if you don't like his opinion it's time for you to write your story because you're That's the fair. only one with that perspective that makes sense so you you mentioned your first book what's your what's your most recent book and then which um which book are you are you working on now? Commissioned or not oh. commissioned, maybe. You don't have to say the titles okay. or anything, but anything I think it's like the concept. Like maybe like Dre, we had someone on the on the on the podcast and she's the granddaughter of a king from Ghana. Oh. And we have another lady who's from Ghana. So maybe you say I'm writing a book about people who lived in Ghana and now live in the United States or something, but what type of topic are you working on or something that's generic that, that we're all aware of? Okay, my first book, At Sula's Feet, Life Lessons Learned at My Grandmother's Feet. Second book was African Americans of Tampa, and that has gotten quite a bit of notoriety because it was published by a company that is all over the world, pretty much, in all these communities. It's the little brown book with, you know, okay, got mm -hmm. one of those. And... <laughs> Uh, the last one was, well, no, it's not. I started to say the last one was this one, but the last one that I um, co-wrote with someone was the history of Rogers Park Golf Course, which is named for a black person. And it is uniquely wonderful in that it pulls together a lot of different cultures, even though it celebrates black culture. Um, but everybody patronizes it pretty, pretty much because it's a great golf course. Mm. So it was wonderful pulling that together with a, a guy named Lionel Ballard, who's been out there since childhood, working that, that park. I am so glad you mentioned Rogers Park because I have this theory. I live in Tampa Heights, not too far from the Tampa Heights Junior Civic Association. And I was explaining less than seven days ago to my neighbors how the Armature Works, which is this place in Tampa, is gonna go up the Hillsborough River through Sulphur Springs and there's going to be a boat that stops at Rogers Park. So Sulphur Springs is the next Tampa Heights, Seminole Heights, West Tampa area, in my opinion, because Rogers Park is too much of an icon, and it's a beautiful golf course. It is, and it and it's and it's 
it's it's uh, a boat ride away from Armature Works. So I'm like, why will they not develop that part of the river? Which means they have to bring in sulfur springs. That's my opinion. Oh, what do you think? Oh, I like it. <laughs> I do. Interesting. That's what I see as a vision. So, no, this is this is awesome. So, what's next? So, let's say it's 2023. Dre and I, we're a successful world-renowned podcast organization, <laughs> and we happen to get Ursula Odom on our agenda, our calendar, and it's 20, 2033. Ursula, how has the last decade been? What would you say? <laughs> I'm just glad that I'll be here to tell you that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, though, this coming week, I'm traveling with a very dear friend of mine, to Hawaii, Hawaii. Hello. Congratulations. Thank you. How for awesome. a writing retreat, believe it or not. Um, and I'm not going to go into the whole story of how all that happened, but this will be the second time we've done this. And my focus is to work on my historical fiction that I've started and I want to complete having to do with um, Tampa. So I'm excited about that, pulling together the history in a way that is readable for some people that don't necessarily like history. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me this, Ursula, what's one thing, you seem to be pretty much an open book, but what's one thing that most people don't know about you that you wish they did? Uh, no, not that I wish they did. <laughs> <laughs> that you're willing to share. <laughs> okay, so I... Just like you hear in the publishing arena, my likes and dislikes have fallen into the same kind of thing. Some people see me as a technical person because I sent, I spent years working for GTE Data Services programming computers and then training on those computers, traveling all over the world, not all over the world, but all over the country, supporting the installation of those, that, those computer systems. Um, went up the ranks in, in, in that arena. So that's my technical side. My college days, I was in the dance department and to the point where when I went back to my college reunion, someone said, are you still dancing? I said, no. He said, but that's all you used to do. <laughs> and um, as a part of the theater department, I put on Porgy and had every black person on Echo College campus on that stage. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, then the other thing I like, which is back to what we were talking about, is I like putting before people things that, that it's a part of their past that they've lost. Mm. For instance, um, my one of my college friends, back then we wrote letters. And I had a series of letters from her that I kept because I keep scrapbooks and journals and things like that. And um, she ended up being a lawyer and a preacher. So, you know, she didn't have a problem writing. Right. And I found them, scanned them all in and sent them to her. Wow. That was a moment for her. I'm bad. Because she was a, a wise woman, somebody that never done anything in her life, but she was she knew everything. And she was on target, you know, so it was nice to put that back in front of her. I found a play by another classmate that I sent to her. She had lost that play, but she she wrote it when she was a child. Mm. So those are moments I, I really like. Mm. 
And then at my family reunion, the first time I put out a booklet for everybody to um, be able to share those pictures and what have you, I heard <clears throat> from some person in the back, I told y'all I was skinny. I told y'all I was skinny. So she was showing everybody... <laughs> She was showing everybody in the book a picture of her that I had gotten from grandmother when she was young, and she was skinny. <laughs> you're like you're like the griot. Is, it, is that the term? Like yeah. The griot. Yeah. Oh, man. That is so yeah. cool. Well, tell me just um, before we move into Final Four, but I, you mentioned the computer background. That's that was like underlying all of this. But tell me. You mentioned that your daughter has 10,000 subscribers and she doesn't think you have a lot of subscribers. You mentioned something like that. With your computer skills, do you find it's easier for you to embrace YouTube, Instagram, all these different apps? And do you find that your your standing on the foundation of your technical savvy helps you create content? That's why I can do what I do. I mean, um, being able to, to capture the story Okay, when I was when I got my first supervision job, my first management job at, at GTE, the person told me that I walked in and took somebody's job. And what he meant by that is they had already decided who they were going to hire for that supervision job. But I came in, according to him, with analytical technical skills and being a people person, too. He said that was not common to be... Um, task-oriented mm -hmm. and people-oriented mm -hmm. at the same time. I have brought all of that together under one umbrella. I like people. I'm an introvert, but I like people. I like their stories. But then I go, I retreat mm. and do something with them on the computer. The computer allowed me to, to work in the middle of the night and, and, and get things done. So that's both sides of me. That's how that works. Awesome. No, that's that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I was wondering, but um, tell me this. We're gonna move into the final four, and this one is think of it like this: you're at this beautiful restaurant. It could be in Hawaii, Bali, Senegal, anywhere on the planet. It's a dinner table. There's four chairs. You're in one chair. Who are the other three representatives, alive or dead, at your dinner table, and why? Oh, this is a think and grow rich. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got Andre Napoleon Hill over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, grandmother would be one. Okay. Grandma. And for, for reasons that I don't want to go into right mm -hmm. now, my father would be another. Mm -hmm. And then... I would say my great grandmother, who I never met, but who I brought back to life because of her stories, mm. Rose Singleton, because I would want to know what her life was like. The woman ended up with land. Wow. How did she do that? Great grandmother, you said, right? Great had land. Wow. Yeah. In the South. And and then yes. Wow. A, a large like if if we go and look at the the um the plot, the map of a certain county in Georgia is like my family tree. 
because they ultimately broke up all the land into those names that I recognized. Mm. And she and her husband did that. Wow. Um, so the fourth person would be Hmm. Uh, Take your time. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I have to think about that. It would be okay. Now this is gonna be weird. Okay. <laughs> we like weird. It would, we like weird. It would be the person that God intended to be my mentor that I missed. Ah. Oh, that's profound. I like that. All right. What's been your greatest success? Uh, Okay. I feel like you got a a smoke bomb or something. (laughs) (laughs) So the day that I walked past my two daughters' bedroom, they were in one room talking to each other. At 12, 13, maybe 14 years old, uh, somewhere in the teenage years. And I heard them say to each other, I'm so glad I'm black. Mm. I went, okay, mm. I'm done. My job here is done. <laughs> My job here is done. Yes. Yes. Uh, awesome. And so the third final four question is What is your greatest superpower? For example, the Superman flies, the Hulk is strong, and Batman has all these gadgets, but what would be Ursula's superpower? Something that's uniquely Ursula. So I am told by those that are in my space that um, give me positive feedback that it's a safe place to have a conversation with me because I'm not judgmental. And this was just said to me recently and that I care. Um, they can be whoever the heck they are and it's okay with me. Um, and I've always been the person that they say is a good listener now, the reality was I was so scared as an only child growing up, and I didn't want to talk to nobody, so I, what else was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> By default, you was a listener. So it's not that you're a good yeah, listener, but... you're, just, you're a hesitant speaker. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a great and skill. I've only been let loose by the fact that I'm passionate about what I do right now. You start asking me questions about things I don't know anything about or that I'm not connected with, and the shy girl appears again. Mm. I can appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you've written a number of books. Have you written an autobiography? Well, that's what that's what At Sula's Feet is to some degree. Because the stories in there are about my grandmother, but it's about growing up in the South. Now, have I completed it from post-college post, um, days? No. But one of the things that I do, and this is something people can do themselves, is that I have 
And they say, you're not supposed to tell how, how you have, have people pay you for that. But my point is, I want you all to do mm. it. Open up something as simple as a Word document. Mm. And whenever you find something, especially if you're about to throw it away, scan it in, put a date on what, what's on that piece of paper, and put it in the order that the date appears. Mm. And over time, you'll end up with a chronology of your life. Mm. So yes, I have that. It has not been turned into a book, but it is captured. It's there. Okay. And and I've printed them out. Okay, took a notebook, mm -hmm. and I put years on them. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, let's see. Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I just put the year on them, and it's my story. Mm. So that's 1990, 2010, mm. my story. Wow. So, any, so even though I, I put them on the, um, I put them in um, digital form, I will print them out periodically mm -hmm. and, and I put them in a book like this. So even if somebody does not have the wherewithal to go in and get all my digital files or they get lost somehow, mm -hmm. there will be some version of it there. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So tell me this. Once it's packaged and published, what would the title of that book be? Jack of all, Jack of all trades and loved it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Oh, I okay. like that. Okay. Oh, Ursula, this has been such a fascinating fascinating podcast and interview we really appreciate you taking your time to share your marvelous life and your 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 amazing things that you're accomplishing in all regards from acting on stage or becoming a performer a historian a data expert a mother it's just uh it's just i, I mean your words are i i can almost make a book of just your little catchphrases you know especially that tiny book concept i think we have a tiny book out of this podcast so thank you very very much for being here you're welcome thank you also i'll, I'll just add to that ursula <laughs> you come across as that person that doesn't meet any strangers or at least when they meet you, they feel like they've known you. That's how I feel hearing your story. I feel like I've known you. I feel like you're that person that's when I like, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Um, I appreciate you sharing your, your journey with us and, and being in our podcast. Thank you so very much. I've enjoyed it and I appreciate the opportunity.